Hey guys, we're getting to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's again a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can, as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, you guys can find the podcast on YouTube or anywhere else you can get your podcast. And we're just so thankful you guys are here. You found us and you found the podcast. And we're just so grateful you guys are here and you're with us today. All right, guys, I am excited about this topic. This is something I've wanted to do for a while. So again, this is going to be one of those podcasts where it's not as organized. It's basically almost just me turning the camera and the microphone on, and we're just studying as if you're right here with me, okay? So we're just going to go through kind of some concepts and what I'm thinking, and maybe, you know, if I know you, right, or you can send a message like you guys do, or if you see me in person, then we can talk about it uh, and study it a little bit more, but this is kind of where I want it to go. Um, okay, so let's intro this this way. You guys ever been in a... Uh, you know, like a like a friend group or maybe with your spouse or maybe you're on a date, whatever it is. And if you've been in any of those situations, you ever been in that situation where there's a choice to be made, right? So I mean, what, like, what do you want to do? I mean, where do you want to go to eat? Or what should we do tonight? Or, or where do y'all want to go, right? What do, you, what do you guys think we should do? And you're, are you the type of person that you have somewhat of a preference but you kind of want someone else to make the choice. Does that make sense? So if you're that type of person, this is going to fit, right? This idea is going to fit for you. So, okay, someone else makes the choice. So then you guys have two options. All right, so we, we whittle all this down. We got option A or we could do option B. So then they say, well, what do you want? So then you already have a preference. So let's say you want option B. But in your mind, you don't want to make that choice. So in your mind, you pick, right? I, I want you to pick. Why don't you pick where we go? And so the person says, you know what? Let's let's do option A. We haven't done option A in a while. Let, let's just go. Let's do option A. And so you go, but that's not what you picked. That's not what your preference is. But you gave them the permission because you said you pick. I know I have what I want, but you pick. I want you to pick whatever you want. So I want you to think about that from God's perspective. You know the phrase that Jesus has said beautifully, and sometimes we truly say without really understanding it, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. So let's say the Lord is with us in that situation. Lord, I have I have wants, I have desires, I have, I have things, right, that I want to present to you. Here's my options, God. Here's my options. Maybe there are two options. Maybe I got three options. Maybe I got four options. However many options I have, I'm going to lay those options in front of you. But I have a preference between these options. I don't really want A to happen, but maybe B through D, I would love that to happen. But God, you know what? Not my will, but your will be done, God. So I want you to pick. You pick. So then God chooses the total opposite thing that you wanted total opposite. But what did we say to him though? Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. You pick. So as we talk about this idea, here's the concept of what I want to go with today. Are you sure you want what God wants? Are you sure you want what God wants? This, this has been, I've been thinking about this more so recently, not recently as in like for a month, but Recently, as in maybe a couple years now, do you really want what God wants? 
this is one of the hardest things, guys, that I'm finding as we're kind of conversating on this today. One of the hardest things about um, submitting your will to God and denying yourself and, and giving your heart and and giving your mind and giving all of that to Christ and, and having him really lead and try to reign in your life. It's, I guess the only way I can phrase it as we're kind of going through it is to be honest, like, do y'all have a fear of what if what God wants for me isn't what I want for myself? You guys have that fear? What if what God wants for me isn't what I want? So then when we say that phrase, Lord, your will, not mine, be done, do we really mean that? Or is that just a phrase like we say with our friends or with your spouse or when you're on a date? It's just a phrase that sounds really good. Well, you pick. That's essentially what we're giving God. You pick. And that's that's the humility that Jesus had. Lord, I know you could take this away, but whatever you want. So here's something. I want to do this. I want to look through some stuff, and I want to look through some people, especially in the Old Testament, guys, um, that had desires, that had choices, that had options, like you might have desires, choices, and options for what you want to see happen based off of what you know what's going on currently. And I want you to see that you're not the only one that deals with this. I'm not the only one that deals with this. We're not the first, and we're not going to be the last. We're going to see different situations with different choices, with different wants, with different desires, but then we're also going to see what God wanted for them. So we're going to see like their will, and then we're going to see God's will. Okay, and so maybe this can help us as we're as we're walking through, and maybe this can help us as we deal with this idea of are you really sure you want what God wants? All right, look at this. This is this is great. In Second um, Samuel seven, the first example we're going to look at is David. Now, this is this is great from David's perspective. So David's already king, and in in Second Samuel chapter seven, David wants to do something. So I want you to see what David wants to do. Here's his options. Here's his desires. Here's his choices. Here's what he's presenting. Verse 1, and it came to pass when the king sat in his house and the Lord had given him rest from all of his enemies all around. Verse 2, the king said unto Nathan the prophet, now I dwell in the house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells within a curtain. Or a tent. And Nathan said unto the king, Go do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. All right. So what's David's what's David's desire? What's his choice? I'm sitting in my house and it seems as if Nathan is close by. And I'm looking at my house of cedar and it's so great, but I'm looking at the ark of God and it's in a curtain. So something's off here. So in my mind, who should have a house like me? God should have a house. Is that a good desire? Absolutely. Is that a pure desire? Absolutely. Is that something that's coming from a state where David's trying to get something out of the deal? No, this is great. This is this is a good desire. Then he comes to Nathan, and Nathan says, do what you want. The, the, the Lord is with you in this. This is great, David, that you're seeing this. This is great. 
So what's David's will? God, this is what I want. There's pure intentions behind it. I believe I believe this can be good if I build this. I'm a king. I have the resources. God, I can do it. That's my will. God, that's my will. That's what I want. That's what I choose. These are my options. But then if you look down, verse 4, and it came to pass that night that the word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell your servant David, Thus said the Lord, Will you build a house for me to dwell in? But then jump down to verse 12. And when your days are fulfilled, you will sleep with your fathers. I, now notice this. Now David, verses 1 through 3, this is what I want to do. But then God says, no, this is what I want to do. I will set up a seed after you, David, which will proceed out of your bowels, and I will establish his kingdom, and he will build a house for my name. Well, wait a second, God, that's not what I wanted, though. That, that, that's not what I wanted. But you're a man after my own heart. Not my will, but thy will be done. You see, do we really want what God wants for us? Are you sure you want what God wants? So in this situation, David wanted to do something really great for God. But then God said, no, that's not my will. Your son's going to do it. So as we look at this a little bit more, it's like, why say no? This is such a, it's out of a pure heart. It's, it's something good. It's something for you. It's not even for me because that's what God wants. So, you know, as we think about it more, sometimes there are some things, guys, that are that are good. There's some good desires that you have. There's some great hopes that you have. There's great dreams that you have. And those hopes and those dreams and those desires, they're beautiful and they're pure. And in your minds, you probably want to glorify God with those things. You want to you want to glorify God with the things that you're asking him to, to give you. You want to glorify him. But remember, if we're saying, not my will, but thy will be done, what if when you have that type of pure, beautiful mindset, God still says no? That's that's the fear, guys. That's where the fear comes from. I'm just being honest with you guys and being real here. It, that's the fear. There's great, pure desires and wants and intentions that I have, and I'm sure that you have too. And that's the scary part is what if God still says no? Do I really want what he wants from me? You know, when you submit your will to God, it's almost like you want him to make the choices for you. And that's very hard. <laughs> that's very hard to do still. I mean, I, I'm not speaking from a point where I have this all figured out, where I've got it. I'm not even close. You know, I'm still trying to work and walk in this way as, as Christ did. I'm trying. But it doesn't mean that a fear is not there. You know, it doesn't mean doubt's not there. It doesn't mean confusion's not there. I mean, all of that, it's like a its like a mix of all that stuff. But when we say that phrase, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done, it's so hard. You know, it's so hard because now you kind of, you think about, you know, everything you've hoped for, everything you've dreamed for, to be honest, everything you try to work for. But what if you're not rewarded in the way that you've dreamed about? You know, what if you're not rewarded in the way that you've hoped that, you, that you're that you working so hard for now? 
And David, look, look at all this that I have. God, I can do all this for you. And God said, that's not my choice. Sometimes, guys, that's what's going to happen. And here's another little golden nugget here in 2 Samuel chapter 7. It's interesting that David goes to Nathan. And as they're talking, Nathan, remember, Nathan's the one that came to David telling him that you're the man, you're the one that's done this, so you have to repent. So it's very interesting that David tells Nathan, and Nathan initially agrees. So even though Nathan was a great man, even though Nathan was a great, quote-unquote, in our words today, a great Christian, a great influence, was Nathan's word above God's? Here's the danger sometimes, guys, when it comes to God's will. There's wants and there's desires and there's things that you that you want and that you want to happen, and you go to really good people, people that you love, people that you admire, people that you have so much respect for, people that you see what they have you want to have one day. I mean, all this stuff, you know, it's so great that you have those people in your lives. But remember, whose will are we trying to follow? As good intention as Nathan was at this time, when Nathan said, this is, this is a great idea, do it. Even though that was a great idea, great idea to those two men, it still wasn't God's will. Guys, whatever decisions you got to make, whether it's with who you're going to be with, whether it's financially, whether it's your job, whether it's your spiritual life, whatever you want to put in that blank, it is a beautiful thing to get counsel from people that you love and people that you respect, people that's been doing it for a long time, people that have an image of what you want down the line. That's a beautiful thing. But remember, their will is not God's. And I know that's a hard lesson to learn, but their will is not God's, no matter who they are. So sometimes you, you got to go to God. And so then Nathan, and then God talked to Nathan, and Nathan had to go back and say, look, I know I said this. And to his credit, which is great on Nathan's part, look, I know I said this, David. I know I said do whatever you want to do, but God told me don't do it. I'm sorry. That's not his will. It's it's a it's a tough thing, guys, and uh, it's a struggle. You know, it, it's hard. So are you are you sure you want what God wants? Man, it, it's a, it's beautiful, but it's also so scary too. And, and I think the reason why, to be honest, guys, why it's so scary is like you're in this state of vulnerability. It's almost like you just you think you know what's best based off of evidence or whatever you want to put, but it's almost like, God, I'm giving you control, you know, and, and that's the hardest thing for all of us to give up is um, control of our lives, of our decisions, of our hearts, of our dreams, of what we want to see happen to us. Sometimes, guys, I don't want to give up that control to them. I say, it's, I just, it's so vulnerable. It's like I just don't want to do it. Maybe you struggle with it too, but this is a part of the growth process. You know, we gotta, we gotta learn to just give God control and let his will reign. So, you know, David's that first example, you know, Lord, are you sure you want what he wants? Are you sure you want what God wants? Here's the second one. Remember, uh, this is, I love this guy. This is, this is one of my favorite 
he's probably up there with Joseph for me. It's almost like there's Joseph 1A and then Hosea 1B. Those are my two favorite guys in scriptures for a lot of reasons. But the reason why I love Hosea so much is I love his heart. And I love how he, I loved how Hosea loved, right? And it's like, then you try to match, like, could I ever do that? You know, if I was in Hosea's position, could I, could I reach that? You know, and, you know, you think about Hosea chapter one, um, you know, he's talking about, Lord, are you sure you want what God wants? So Hosea being a prophet. Now imagine one day Hosea is in this, in this town or city and he hears the word of God and he says, Hosea, you see that woman over there? Oh yeah, Gomer. I know who she is. You want me to prophesy to her? You want me to say something to her and her family? You know, what What do you want me to say? How do you want me to prophesy to her? No, I don't want you to prophesy. Um, I want you to marry her. Now, here's something you got to understand about Hosea. A lot of people think because of verse number two, when it says, uh, the word of the Lord came to Hosea and said, go take you a wife, a wife of whoredoms and children of whoredoms, uh, for the land hath committed great whoredom against the Lord. A lot of people take that as, when Hosea married Gomer, that Gomer was already doing all those things, which that doesn't fit the allegory that God wants Hosea to see. So Israel cheated against God with other gods, but at one point Israel was faithful. So it wouldn't make sense if Hosea married Gomer and she wasn't faithful already. So like she had to be faithful at the beginning and she would turn into what Israel turned into. So now Hosea could understand what God understood. Does that make sense? So now, are you sure you want what God wants? You see Gomer? Go marry her. Okay, great. I'll go marry her. But here's here's the catch here, Hosea. She's not going to be faithful to you. That's not how I saw my marriage going. That's not how I saw this. I didn't I didn't think that this was going to happen. If I was ever going to get married, I didn't think I would get married to someone that would do this. God, are you sure? Like, are you sure this is what you want to happen? Yeah, that's my will. Are you sure you want what God wants? Yeah, that's my will. Go marry her. She's not going to be faithful to you. There's going to be children that's going to come out of this that aren't yours from other men. But I want you to love her. <laughs> Lord, is that your will? I thought it'd be cookie cutter. I thought it'd be perfect. I thought it'd be... I thought it'd be so perfect coming together. I thought it'd just be like this. All the stars are aligning together and everything just, it's working the way I've always dreamed. That's not my will for you. You know, sometimes we think God's will has to like align. And I think that's kind of like a, a dream state we put ourselves in. Things have to align so perfectly to happen. And so when things don't align, then we think it's not good. But what if that's God's will? So, you know, Hosea... He marries Gomer, and Gomer leaves once, children. Gomer leaves twice, more children. There's a depiction in a movie. I, th I think it's, I think a movie is actually called Hosea, but there's a depiction of him, and he's uh, molding clay, and he knows that she's out, and the kids are running in the house, not his kids. Those kids from those other relationships are running and playing in the house, which the kids are so innocent. But Hosea is there taking care of them. 
and he's molding that clay and he stays up all night and he waits for her to come home. Man, this is who I'm supposed to love. This is who I was supposed to marry. This is not how I thought things were going to be if I was going to get married as a prophet. This is not it. This ain't it. But then if you look at verse chapter 3, verse 1, Hosea understands the Lord's trying to get me to see something. The Lord said unto me, verse 1 of chapter 3, go and love a woman beloved of her friend, yet an adulteress, what she turned out to be just like Israel, but love her like I love Israel. Man, what if that's God's will? That is, that was his will for Hosea. Love her according to the love of the Lord. So then verse 2, so then I bought her. For 15 pieces of silver, a homer barley, and a half homer barley. Then I said to her, you will abide for me, or you abide um, for me many days, and you will not play the harlot, and you will not be for another man, and I will be with you. You see why this is my guy? <laughs> you see why this is my guy? I love hosts, but it's almost like, man, could you do this? Could I do this? So now, but Lord, that's not how I, I saw it happening. I didn't, I didn't see it coming together like this. I didn't see it coming together from chaos. I, I didn't see it. But what if that's my will? So again, here's, here's the thought process coming into this idea of not my will, but thy will be done. When you say that, and when I say that, or even think that, when it comes to anything, this is this is what the Bible is teaching. This is what the Bible has been teaching me, and hopefully I, I see that it's trying to teach you. When it comes to anything in this life, your marriage life, your relationship life, your financial life, your job life, your spiritual life, you have to come into these things with such an open mind that even if it didn't, it's not the way I thought it would look. It's not who I thought it would be. It's not where I thought I would go. You have to keep your mind so open because if you come into things with so um, with such preconceived notions and it has to be this way or it's going to be nothing or it's not going to happen for you, it's got to look this way. And if it doesn't look this way, then that's not it. Like you can't come into stuff like that because you might miss God's will. You might miss that. So if we really want to say, not my will, but thy will be done, we got to have an open mind. Does it mean that you take away from your desires? No, it doesn't mean you take away, but it, it means that you put your desire to the side. Not even to the side, you put your desires behind you. And you're like, okay, I know this is what I said I wanted, but this is what God wants. Are you sure you want what he wants for you? Now, initially in chapter one, is this something that Hosea would have drew up, you know, by the time he knew that that women were attractive to him? He, There's no way he would have drew this up for himself. Yep, this is how it's going to go. This is how I'm going to meet my wife. This is who she's going to be. But in chapter three, now he understood what the will of God was. You see how you see this mindset? It's it's just giving up control. And in 2 Samuel 7, David gave up control. 
Hosea 1, 2, and 3, he gave up control. It didn't look the way he wanted it to look. It didn't work the way he wanted it to work, maybe. The stars didn't align in the way that they wanted it to align or what everybody else wanted to align for them or how everybody else thought it should look or align. But God's will was done in 2 Samuel 7, and God's will was done in Hosea 1 through 3. But here's here's another one. Here's the last one here. Think about, um, think about uh, where is it at? Think about Gideon. Think about Gideon in the book of uh, Judges. This is this is a good one too. Um, I believe it's Judges chapter seven. I want to say, yeah, it is Judges seven. So think about Gideon. So now he has to fight. Gideon has to build an army, and as Gideon's building an army, he starts off with thirty-two thousand. But then God says, "You know what? That's too much." I mean, God, well, this is this is kind of an army. You know, we need as much as we can get. You know, every man counts. Everybody counts. You know, we can't not come in to a battle to win a battle with less people than the enemy. Nope, it's too much. So now that 32,000, according to verse 3, that 32,000 goes down to 10. All right? So, I mean, that's still a good amount. But then God says, you know what? That's still too much. Lord, are you sure? Is that your will? Is that what you want? So then that 32,000 goes from 10,000 goes to 300. Lord, are you sure that's your will? <laughs> that's not that's not how you come in a come in a battle. You don't win a battle with 300 people, but that's my will. What you said. You said not my will, but thy will be done, right? So you you you're giving me control, right? You're giving me license to do what I want to do right in your life because it, it's got to be a choice. I'm not going to make you do it. Okay. It's 300. And then they win that battle with 300 people. So you know, as we're looking at this and as we think about this more guys, there's this, and, and maybe it's just me, but is there not a fear for you when it comes to this? Do you not think about it? And I think about it all the time. Like what if, like, what if this is not his will? How am I going to respond? You know, I, you know, I, I say I want to love him. I say I want to walk in humility. I say I want to be like Christ. I say I want to do what Christ wants me to do. I say I, I say I want to be like him and say, not my will, but thy will be done. But what if, what if that's not what I want? Just like we talked about in our intro, God, you pick. Well, you didn't pick the one I, you didn't pick the thing I wanted. You didn't pick the one I wanted. You didn't pick the choice or the option that I wanted. Not my will, but thy will be done. Now, as we kind of bring these thoughts to a close, I know that like this, this topic can be, it, it can be heavy. Um, it can be, I don't want to say confusing because it's not confusing. It's just, it's eye opening how much of your will and how much of you and how much of your desire you had, you really got to give up. But here's the beauty of that. I know sometimes, you know, we can look at so much of all the things we have to give up and that's necessary. And that's a part of humility. And that's a part of what Jesus did. He stripped himself. He gave it up. But here's the beauty about it. Jeremiah 17, the Lord knows the heart. You know, in the book of Matthew and in all in the Gospels, 
Jesus, I know, I know the hair on your head. I know every hair on your head. I know who you are. Jeremiah chapter one, I've known you from the womb. Like I know you, Jordan. I've known you since you were even you. Put your name there. I've known you before you were even you. So yes, from my perspective as God, I am asking for you to give up your will. I'm asking you to give up control. I'm asking you to give up your desires. And in some cases, I'm asking you to give up your dream, your dreams of what you want to happen. I'm asking you to give that up. And that's hard. But here's the beauty about that. Because I know you so much, I know you more than anyone else could know you. What I'm doing for you and what I say yes to and what I say no to, because I know you, it's the, it's the optimal decision that could happen. So you got to trust me that I'm doing the best for you. Now, that's the beauty of it. Now, with us, as we talked about in our introduction, when we give somebody else the license to make a choice for us, they're making a choice based off what they think is best for you too, what they think is best for the group at the time. But when God makes a choice, it's the best choice. It is the choice. It is the right one, exactly perfect. And we got to trust that. We got to trust that. So this is something that this is not, I mean, this is a lifetime of giving up. This is a lifetime of putting Jordan on the back burner. I mean, this is a lifetime of putting you on the back burner. This is, this is a lifetime of, of decisions that it's not about me anymore. It's, it's really, it's never been, even though before it was, I tried to, at least maybe you tried to, it's so hard, man. It's, it's so hard, but it's it's the closest thing that we can get to giving up and stripping ourselves of those things that maybe even aren't bad, maybe just very pure intention. But, you know, we just got to strip ourselves as Jesus stripped himself. And we got to trust that God knows what he's doing. Even though <laughs> there seems to be no answers, there seems to be no stars aligning. There seems to be no whatever you want to put there. Like, I know how hard that is, but you, you just have to, you just have to believe that your father knows the best. And sometimes I don't believe that, to be honest with you. But I know that's true. But I mean, that's the human struggle. Sometimes you don't believe that God knows the best. So, you know, you try to make a choice on your own. You know, you try to make decisions on your own. You try to make your own options and it doesn't work. But you just got to you got to humble yourself and you got to give up that control again. So are you sure? Are you sure you want what God wants? It's a, it's a lifelong thing. And and I hope that, it, you know, as we kind of looked at it more and studied it more and thought on things more, um, maybe it can help you, uh, encourage you. And, and maybe just to hear that somebody else struggles with it or maybe just to even hear a conversation that somebody else gets it is comforting to you as it would be for me. So, um, I mean, this is something that we want to work on. We want to help each other. 
Um, so, I mean, just reach out as all of you guys have. You wouldn't be the first. You know, if you want to reach out, reach out. Let's talk. Let's study. Let's pray. Whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do. So appreciate you guys. Love you guys. This was one of those ones for me, uh, for sure. But, you know, as we study, uh, hopefully we can get to that point in our lives that we can say, um, you know, not my will, but thy will be done in, in true confidence and believe um, in what the Lord has for me and you. So, Lord willing, we will be back next week with another podcast. Thank you guys so much uh, for your support and everything. There will be links for, you know, to support the podcast. It will always be free, but there will be links to support the podcast. There will be links for merch to to get some merch to wear out um, and, and other things underneath the video. So, check that out, uh, and then we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys.